Quantum Kickflip is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Previously on Quantum Kickflip. Do you guys not get anything out of this? Is this not why we're a crew? Not like this. Yeah, this we 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 weren't in control on this one. We might have crossed a line here. And when Nick arrives, you proudly produce this cylinder, which I don't think any of the rest of the crew saw you grab that. So like they weren't aware that you guys have had the nectar of the turbodendron for a while now. It would have to be ingested. Uh, and I'm like already drinking. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. You you went to the waking pits? Oh yeah, it was weird. I was I was standing by the fountain, but then all of a sudden there was there was thunder and lightning and bats and, and 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 castles and dude that's goth as hell screw it and angus leans in and kisses leg ah! <laughs> here in the heart of the waking pits a portal is opening the metaterrestrial vampires smile and their long crooked fangs glimmer in the light of the silver moon Halloween season, everybody! Happy, happy, spooky season, and welcome to a, a ghoulish quantum kickflip. Nope, this is terrible. I'm, uh, I'm your host and your slugmaster and your pod blaster and your very best friend, Robin Slack. How's it going? I never say my last name. We're off to a weird start. I'm here with five of my best and funniest friends in the whole world, and uh, they are going to introduce themselves now. I want to try something a little bit different because usually we have you guys introduce yourselves in an order that relates to you, the person, the player. Uh, but this one's going to relate to your character. Uh, so there's like a little bit more room for, for debate here, maybe. Uh, I just feel like it's going to be unquantifiable for the person, but maybe not so much for the character. I want to know uh, which of your characters you think watches the, has watched the most horror movies and scary movies, uh, like most to least. Intro, intro yourselves. <laughs> Go. I'm making a choice. Hey, yeah. what's up? Uh, my name is Glenna. Uh, I am playing the chill playbook, playing Elliot Buchanan, who I think is a, like a secret horror movie buff, especially the old horror movies. Uh, you may have noticed in a previous song of hers, she referenced the very first uh, movie monster from Universal that was a woman. Uh, so she has like weird, obscure movie knowledge. That's why I think she's probably watched the most horror movies. Uh, hello everybody, uh, my name is Lena Anderson and I am playing Angus Franklin, he is the Guts playbook, his signature device is the Skip Mode Runners, and, uh, I feel like there is a bit of an inherent, you know, horror in slug blasting, you know, there's slugs and portals and brain-breaky things, and, like, if you like slug blasting, you probably like horror at least a little bit, and Angus likes it quite a bit. Hey, I'm, I'm Liam. I play Lake Marsden, and she is the middle of five kids. Uh, and I think her older brother, Camry, is a big horror movie nerd. And, and on family movie night, we'll always pick, you know, Leprechaun or something. All the, like, 80s, 90s classics. Um, I don't know why Leprechaun was my pull, but just, like, the stu- stupid <laughs> horror movies. You get it. Just the, those kind of cheesy, puppety ones. Uh, so, yeah, I'll put, I'll put her in the middle. Uh, she's the heart, and her signature device is the reality cannon. I, I don't know how many uh, Chester's seen, but he's maybe seen like a couple. I guess it depends if you call uh, Rocky Five a horror movie. <laughs> and I do. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, so Chester Capone, he is uh, the Grip Playbook. Uh, he has uh, powered armor. 
And, and recently he has uh, partaken of a strange uh, drink uh, that's, you know, allowed him to see uh, a route into another dimension. And yes, I, I, I think it's been impacting him a little bit. Ah, yes, the uh, the turbodendron nectar that Chester partook of. You and Nick both had a had a slurp mm-hmm. of that juice last time. Uh, mm. Speaking of Nick, <laughs> hi, uh, I'm Michael Vetch, and I am here playing the Smarts Playbook, Nick Lowe. Uh, I don't know if Nick has watched horror movies per se. Does he watch horror anime? I'm pretty sure he would have seen Satoshi Kon's 1997 classic, Perfect Blue, which kind of lands in the psychological thriller blend of things still not as scary as rocky five though no definitely not but when nick isn't uh (laughs) watching one thing that may or may not be considered horror anime he's uh the sprightly other anime obsessed boy who runs around with a sword and uh does things with his cool sneakers uh i'm i'm the host i'm robin as mentioned earlier uh and i i just get too scared I just don't. I just like it when everyone's nice. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, tonight is our our uh, pseudo Halloween season episode. We're not sure exactly what the release schedule looks like because we're still like in the process of editing upcoming episodes, so we never know quite where everything's going to land. But this should land around Halloween time, which means we're uh, we're doing some spooky stuff in this one. I I'm excited. You guys had a. A pretty wild run last time. It got it got heavy. There were some emotional beats in there, some emotional stakes. There was some angst that was carried out of that episode. You guys got two fractures for your team. Oh right, which is like <laughs> as many fractures as your team can have before someone has to has to quit the next time you get one. So uh, it's not the happiest time for Weird Gravity uh, right now. But I think that's, you know, uh, a big, fun, spooky Halloween adventure is just what the, uh, what the doctor ordered in this case. Yeah. You guys have recently returned from the golden jungle, uh, with more questions than answers. Really. You wanted to go see the turbo dendron. You, you came back with some of its nectar. As Dave mentioned, Chester partook of it as did Nick. You guys ran into the arborists again, who gave you some cryptic warnings and clues. Uh, as well as the newly uh, rebooted uh, Subsonic Sentinel featuring Scott Parzival. Uh, and you guys had a little bit of a rivalry there that turned into like a mutual enemy of my enemy thing by the end there. Yeah, I think that's about it for stage setting. Everyone ready to to play? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> then I whisk you away now to the exotic, strange world of... of Right here in small town Alberta, (laughs) we go now to Null. It's a typical afternoon at Hillview Secondary. Autumn leaves blanket the courtyard, crunching underfoot as a group of students skip class to sneak off to the nearby convenience store. Inside, Mr. Patterchuck roams the halls, his spotless white sneakers squeaking on the polished floors, handing out late slips. The cafeteria worker scoops up the last of today's potato wedges into a Tupperware container. They'll be chopped up and reheated as tomorrow morning's hash browns. Everything is pretty much the same as it always is at Hillview Secondary including in Miss Stone's science classroom, where, like always, Chester Capone is being handed back an assignment with a failing grade. <laughs> so, Chester, you're uh, you're uh, in class uh, with all your classmates, and the teacher is coming around handing out assignments and uh, has, has just handed you yours. Uh, and she, we kind of catch her mid-rant, and she's like, look, 
Chester, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you turned in a link to an online video of you jumping a gorge on your hoverboard and a mostly empty vial of glowing liquid. We're learning about chromosomes. You were supposed to draw a Punnett square and write about, you know, genealogy and, and recessive genes. This is this is nothing. I, I can't do anything with this. I don't know what this assignment is that you've turned into me, but it's not what I asked you for. Well, I mean, I, I tried really hard on it, but, but well, maybe can I try again? Maybe you can try again on the next assignment because this one was already overdue. Like you, you, you don't you don't get a second chance on this one. I'm sorry, but but. Chester, look, I know you're a smart kid, and we don't need to do this right now because we're in the middle of class, but we'll, you'll, you'll get through it. Okay. Well, I, I, I've had some big ideas about science, and I, I think you're going to be really impressed next time. I'm sure I'll be fascinated by whatever you have to say, Chester. Uh, and Miss Stone takes her uh, position back up at the front of the class, and she goes, All right, everybody, now I've written your lab partners for the next assignment on the assignments that I just handed back. So you, you'll see on there who your lab partner is. Let's get up into the into the assigned groups of two, uh, and you guys can start talking about the next assignment. Uh, and Chester, you glance down at your paper, and written on uh, the front next to the failing grade in red pen uh, is the name Juniper Jenkins, uh, who you recognize as the probably the smartest kid in your science class. I don't, is Nick in your science class? <laughs> either the smartest or maybe the second smartest kid in your science class but either way up at the top of the bell curve um and you you sort of scan around the room and look to see everyone's getting up and shuffling around and you see juniper uh look down at her assignment and then look up at you with just uh, the most unimpressed expression you've seen yeah she's <laughs> she's not getting up and moving do you do you go move over to her table uh yeah i guess that makes sense so uh, i head over there and i uh I, I sit down next to her and like, uh, hey Juniper, uh, looks like we're going to be partners on this next assignment. Oh no 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 no, Chester, I'm. Uh, listen, I'm I'm sorry. You're you're great. You're you're wonderful. I'm sure you're a good. Per I I don't know why I'm trying to spare your feelings here. This is about my feelings. I'm going to fail this assignment. I'm going to get a failing grade for the first time in my entire high school career. This is not acceptable. This is not. I need to talk to Miss Stone, and maybe she'll maybe she'll rearrange the groupings. It had to be a mistake. Why would she put me with? Okay, calm down, calm down. We can do this. We can do this. This is real world. This is life experience. I can carry this into into my career. I'm gonna have to work with you know people that aren't up to my standards. Of um, no, this is this is fine. I'll have I, I'll I'll do the research, and and you can you know do the do the hands on. No, you're gonna mess up the hands on. I will do the research and the hands on, and you can write up. The report afterwards and spelling errors, June. Come on, think. Oh, and she's just kind of rambling to herself at this point, like she's barely paying attention to you. Well, hey, hey, Juniper, I, I don't, I don't think it's going to be that bad. I mean, everybody got paired up with somebody else, and it, and it seems like the the kids with the really high averages in class got paired up with the kids with the lower uh, averages, and then the one people in the middle got paired up together. It's like a, like a high low doubles thing, like from bowling teams. Anyways, and June kind of looks at you and is like, "Chester, that's ridiculous. It's randomly ass Wait a minute." And she kind of scans around the room and sees the pairings that are forming like, "Chester, you're absolutely right. How did you know that?" Oh, no, I just kind of noticed it. That's all. Just kind of pieced it together. I I've been like really paying attention a lot more recently, and I'm like, "That's why I'm going to do so well in this next assignment. Don't you worry." 
I, I've been thinking about this new thing. Um, I, I was thinking that if you take like the speed of light and then if you like multiply it by the speed of light again, and then you times all of that by the mass, I think that's when you're going to get energy. I don't know. It just came to me out of nowhere one day. <laughs> Chester, that's just the poster on the wall across the room. I, I look up at it and it's just like, oh, I've never looked up at that poster before. And this is true. Uh, he has never heard about the theory of relativity. He, uh, he somehow just came to the conclusion of the theory of relativity on his own. <laughs> <laughs> just like last night, like he just came to him. <laughs> All right, listen. Maybe it, maybe it won't be so bad. We're just um, growing a, a potato. How hard can it be? Is that a thing you do in high school science? You grow potatoes? <laughs> it's something you do beans I, in elementary school. Is it a bean? Is it a potato? We'll never know. It's a potato. I've decided. I'm the GM. What are you gonna do? So yeah, June is like okay. Well, I mean, I guess it's it's. How hard is that to screw up? I mean, we just need to log that. It's not like, you know, there's a prize for the the bi- the best potato or anything. It's just, you just have to log the progress. It's not like you can mess it up. Okay, it's going to be okay. I'll be, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll just have to make certain safeguards. And she's, again, down to, like, scribbling in her textbook. And she doesn't seem, like, entirely assuaged by your um, quoting of, like, the most common piece of pop knowledge science uh, trivia. But she she doesn't realize that that was an independent pull for you. Juniper, I promise I am going to do really well on this. You're not going to regret this. Yeah, okay, fine. I, I mean, we're going to do great because I'm involved and, and, and I won't let us do any less than great. But I, I'm happy to hear that you're you're on board with the plan. And she kind of like nervously reaches out for like a high five. Like, is this what we do? Uh, do you high five her? Yeah, I, well, I do that uh, the old like, the, the the predator grip, you know what I mean? Like the yeah, high five the predator handshake. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, yeah. yeah, she's put off a little bit by this, but she's like, okay, great. Let's let's get started. And and on you, you guys work for a little bit. Um, and uh, towards the end of class, you, you hear the the bell rings out for the end of the day, and the teacher's kind of calling. It's that thing in a movie where where the bell seems to always interrupt the lesson, even though like it rings at the same time. The teacher should know that it's coming, <laughs> <laughs> but the bell rings, and everyone's scrambling and grabbing their books. And the teacher's like, "Hey, hey, guys! I realize that this weekend is Halloween, but but maybe still try and get some some homework in. Hey, you do still have a quiz on Monday. All right, have a good weekend, everyone." And away everyone goes. That bell marks the end of the school day, but not the end of the day for any of you, because there's there's one more big thing on today's agenda, and that thing takes place at the gravel pits just outside of town. Most Friday nights, you can find a small group of teens loitering in the gravel pits outside Hillview, hucking rocks into the still water, hoverboarding up and down the slopes, maybe lighting something on fire. However, tonight isn't most Friday nights. A low, thumping bass line echoes out into the distance as rented laser lighting rigs project onto clouds of fog, no doubt the work of borrowed dry ice from the local grocery store's Thursday shipments. Everyone is dressed in costumes ranging from elaborate to obligatory. Someone in a movie-accurate Edward Scissorhands outfit passes a group of three teens wearing identical scream masks with hoodies and jeans. There are massive 10-gallon buckets of discount candy placed at haphazard intervals around the party, and there is a chill in the air. It is October 29th, 1999. 
So this is the classic thing of like, it's not Halloween Halloween, but it's the Friday and Halloween's on a Sunday in 1999, I checked. Um, <laughs> 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 so you guys are obviously partying on the Friday night. That's that's what you do. And uh, and yeah, there's this this huge uh, massive event. Now, as we said in the intro, like you guys have had some some angst in the crew. I think it's maybe it's been a, a week or two since the last time that you went out on that that golden jungle run. And maybe you guys have been taking like, a little bit of distance, not not even necessarily like, oh, we're not on speaking terms and we're not, but like, just no one has really felt motivated to like pitch a, a run in the last little while. Everyone's kind of taken some time to just like process what happened last time you were out. But I think as these things often go in high school, like a big event like this, a big party, a big group outing that you know about in advance, it, it might mean a, an opportunity to sort of like move past things. Maybe some of you are, are looking forward to this chance that like, oh, there's a thing that we're all going to be at. Maybe we can kind of smooth things over. Maybe some of you are dreading it. Maybe some of you really don't want to regroup, but you you know that you can't miss out on the Gravel Pit Halloween party because then you'll, you'll be missing out on all the inside jokes for the rest of the year. So like you got to go. Regardless of how your character feels about it, each of you is there in some capacity. I am so curious. What's everyone dressed up as for Halloween? In 1999, alternate universe 1999. Uh, I've been thinking about this. Mm -hmm. uh, Elliot has her long brown hair is like styled differently. It's all flipped out to sort of frame her face. And she's wearing a blue button up shirt that is ripped like the one sleeve is ripped off, but still hanging on her arm. And she's wearing jeans and she's carrying a knife and knitting needles. She's Lori from Halloween. Oh, yeah. Ooh, nice. Who else is dressed up for Halloween? I think uh, maybe Elliot helped helped Lake with part of her costume. Uh, so maybe we show up together. Is that okay, Elliot? Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. So uh, I, I think this is the first Halloween Lake's uh, celebrated with her glitch, with the whole right side of her body all colorized and wavy and technicolor. And, you know, she was she spent a lot of time hemming and hawing about it. And she's like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm just going to own it. I'm going to lean into it. And so she is going to go uh, dressed as uh, the infamous Batman villain, Poison Ivy. Because <laughs> it's it's alternate universe 1999, right? So we're, we're two years off of Joel Schumacher's um, incredible film. I think in this universe, uh, Nega Friction CGI technology really... Uh, open doors for superhero movies and like <laughs> batman and robin looks 1999 looks like our spider-man into the spider-verse like it's just an incredible technicolor beautiful spectacle uh and it's super popular it's gonna make a bunch of best of the decade uh lists here <laughs> in a year everyone oh, loves Joel love schumacher's batman and robin and so she is uh lake is wearing uh her her um left half looks like a teenage girl in a pretty good poison ivy costume uh she's probably not the only poison ivy at this party even mm -hmm. it's a real heath ledger's joker situation in this alternate yeah. universe yeah. <laughs> um so uh, left side poison ivy right side um her she got elliot to help sew a bunch of like vines and fake flowers and different kinds of like foliage onto the right side and then because it's touching the um glitch it all get, takes on wild colors and so she just like it looks like overgrown poison ivy on the right side and regular Uma Thurman poison ivy on the left. Uh, and she's let her hair down. She doesn't have the ponytail. So like the right side's in a bun to be a flower and the left side is like down over her shoulder. Amazing. I also love that Batman and Robin is like exactly as campy, but but in a way that like works and is fun. Like oh, yeah. uh, everyone's it's like- It's undisputed the best one in this ah. alternate universe. So good. 
uh who, who else is here who else we got uh well i i can uh tell you that when chester showed up a if you've ever uh, were a poor kid growing up sometimes uh your costume was whatever you had at the house and he kind of uh, put it off to that day but uh, what he's wearing uh it's just like a sleeveless white uh t-shirt his hair is kind of like done up and like really you know it's bigger than it normally is so he kind of looks like he normally does he's just taking off his bandana that he always wears and uh when somebody asks him hey chester what are you dressed as uh chester kind of like quickly looks at himself and he's just like uh daryl hall <laughs> <laughs> from hollow notes yeah from hollow notes <laughs> Uh, He's from Philadelphia, so... (laughs) (laughs) Everyone else was frantically Googling 90s movies for their Halloween costume just now, and you were Googling (laughs) Philadelphia celebrities. (laughs) And I forgot to uh, line it up with somebody else to be Oates. (laughs) It's just Daryl Hall by himself. Oh, that's Uh, very good. Speaking of lining it up, uh, I think a text was sent to um, Angus to be to be my Mister Freeze, but it's obviously completely up to you how Angus okay. would would interpret that. But that that was pitched to Angus in a text message. What is Angus dressed as? Uh, so I think Angus, uh, similar uh, uh, vein to Chester, doesn't really go out uh, to get anything for his costume, and so when he shows up, he doesn't really look that much different. He's wearing like a big plaid jacket and a gray toque appears not to be dressed up at all and when anyone asks him uh he just kind of shrugs and goes Blair Witch Project (laughs) (laughs) and offers no further explanation I has it would Angus have seen the Blair Witch Project or is he just like pulling I'm sure he would have absolutely I Lena Anderson have not (laughs) yeah I love the idea that he just like not even doesn't even have like a camera to point back in his own face or anything to like you know get it um just just a jacket and a hat (laughs) what's Nick dressed up as Uh, I think Nick shows up uh dressed like Neo from the Matrix scene where they're entering like the lobby of the big building (laughs) and he's got the there's the black trench coat and then it's just the, all the belt straps. It's just like, guns, I need guns. <laughs> but also Nick is still very small. So he's just this little guy in, in a very accurate Neo outfit. <laughs> and he's, he's got his katana still. So, you know. Uh, amazing. Um, yeah, that would have come out this year for you guys. So that's you're probably not the only Neo at this party either. Although really, like, the Matrix isn't quite the cultural phenomenon here that it was in our timeline. Because, like... You guys have a lot more, like, funky sci-fi tech, so it's not as impressive of, like, the, the bullet time and the running up the walls and stuff. And it's like, yeah, we have hoverboards. Who cares? Uh, it's, it's no Batman and Robin. I can literally <laughs> do the running Batman up the walls probably more than the movie could. Oh, amazing. So I think, yeah, you guys are all there. You all arrive sort of. Maybe some of you come together, but but not as, like, weird grab. You don't all show up as a crew. You kind of trickle in one or two at a time. Um, and you see people you recognize around. I think uh, the... The members of Subsonic Sentinel are there, and uh, you can see Jason and Kabir have to keep explaining. No, I, I'm Harrison Ford from Air Force One, and he's Harrison Ford from Clear and Present Danger, and he's Harrison Ford from The Fugitive. We're all Harrison Ford, uh, and they're just like dressed in like suit jackets, like they're not <laughs> just dressed like business casual. Like, no, you don't get it. And and Scott Parzival just looks like annoyed that he got roped into this group costume. <laughs> uh, at some point in the during the party, Angus will make a point to notice Jason and Kabir point and go, Harrison Ford, and then keep walking. 
both Jason and Kabir say nice in unison and Scott rolls his eyes. Um, <laughs> Tamblin and Cheryl Ann are, are both dressed up as, as Poison Ivy. As you said, it is the most popular movie, but not nearly as good as Lakes. And they're like uh, annoyed that, that your glitch lets yeah. you do a cooler Poison Ivy than they ever could. And as I said, I think you all arrive more or less separately, but one by one, uh, you are rounded up by your friend Chester, who kind of like seeks you each out and, and sort of calls you over to a different area of like, hey, come come join me in this part of the party. Um, because he's got uh, an idea for you. And I'm going to throw it to Chester. Once you guys all group up, I think you're like a little bit removed from the rest of the party. You can still, you know, the music's loud and there's still like dry ice fog curling in at your feet. But you're, you've got your own little space here to chat. Okay. Uh, weird gravity. We need to do another slug blasting run. And uh, I was thinking about it. You know how, like, nobody can make it into the waking pits, even though, like, that would be the best place to go to in a Halloween trip, right? But nobody can get in. And this is true. Uh, you guys know about this as slug blasters. Lately, the one thin zone that everyone knows from Thenispar into the waking pits that, that is sort of the, the popular way to get to the waking pits uh, it lets out into a network of caves in the Waking Pits that has since uh, become overrun by uh, a gang of meta-terrestrial vampires have sort of taken up residence in these caves. So you guys can't, uh, no one can can visit the Waking Pits without basically offering themselves up uh, in in the heart of a, a vampire's den. So uh, it's been it's been off limits, and especially leading up to Halloween, it's been a big frustration for the slug blasters who want to go and stream from there. So. When I was having a big think about it last night about, you know, how can we get into the waking pits? It struck me because, okay, imagine like a hoagie roll, okay? That's like reality. That's all of reality all together, right? A big hoagie roll. Now, all the different dimensions are inside that reality hoagie, right? Uh, with all the different like uh, bits of meat are like the different dimensions, right? Uh, and of course your best dimensions, your popularia, that's your ribeye and your top round. And then you have the bad dimensions like the golden jungle, which is the chuck, right? So anyways, that's all in, in and around mixing together. And with uh, slug blasters and the people that can travel dimensions, that, that's like the cheese. They're using the cheese that kind of like intermingles in amongst all the meat, right? Uh, and, and that's how they, uh, you know, it binds it all together, right? <laughs> and, and this is what we've been using for a long time as slug blasters. Uh, and, and that's why we have uh, the doodads that do the thing that get us over to the other side. Look, I don't know the names of things. I was just having a big old think. However, a good cheesesteak is not just about the cheese. It's not just about the meat. It's not even just about the onions. The thing that binds the whole thing together is the grease. The grease gets into everything. It gets into the bun. It gets into the cheese. It's all over the meat. It's everything. So, Chester, if you're hungry, I think I saw someone roasting hot dogs. <laughs> I know, and I'm definitely going to go there. But I think if we can get really into the... Find the grease that connects the, the, the different dimensions, I think we can possibly punch in even into the waking pits it's just kind of tucked away back there but grease can get into the tucked away pieces of the sandwich angus raises his hand uh-huh nick put you up to this right no this is just me having a big think when i was having a big old sandwich yesterday this is the first time i'm hearing about it but it's quite an intriguing proposition the, the idea of not just using the thin zones but but traveling through the space between the spaces the, the aforementioned grease there 
there might be a way to utilize the, 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 the material of reality to find additional ways through. Yeah, you would want to find new and creative ways to get eaten by vampires. Hey, 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 Lake, it's okay. Look, look, we are a slug blasting crew, and we just need a big run uh, over into the waking pits during Halloween. And I know how to access the grease, the little spaces in between. How? We need a lot of speed. I'm thinking, I did a little bit of a calculation. Calculation? When have you ever said that word in your life, Chester? Nick put you up to this. No, I just, I, I read it on the back of my uh, oatmeal packaging. And it said, calculate how much iron you're eating today. And I'm like, calculate? That's an interesting word. Anyways, so I calculated the speed we needed to go. We need, need to go to approximately 141.6 kilometers per hour. I put it into uh, metric so you folks can understand. And, and uh, if we can go that fast, then we'll be able to, uh, you know, like grease, slip into the waking pits. And how are we supposed to go that fast? I have my mobility boosters. I was able to crank it up, and I think with one big punch through, you just hold on to me, we all go through together. But we have to go together as a team. Seriously, Chester. What has gotten into you? I don't know. I'm just thinking a lot clearer these days, you know? I, I, you know maybe it's the Canadian education system. <laughs> For one day they teach you about geography. You know, I didn't know that Canada was north of America, but now I know so many things. Uh, and in the same way, I've learned, I just, you know, <laughs> dimensional reality. You know, sometimes you just think, is it really that complex? It's just a cheesesteak, that's all. Chester, you know, if we were trying to accelerate to reach that that breakthrough velocity, I, I think if we were to, if I were to tinker around with the old conveyor belt on the west end of the gravel pit, we might be able to ramp some extra speed, and then also with the, the incline, if it ran in the reverse, we could, I think we could re easily reach those sort of speeds from going from the top right down to the bottom and punching through in our own uh, grease spot thin zone at the base of that conveyor belt. You know what? That sounds like a good cheesesteak to me. I think the rest of you, because uh, there's probably still some hesitancy here. Uh, one thing I want to throw out there, it is your decision whether this is a thing you want to undertake. As you're looking around the party, I think all of you have kind of noticed that people occasionally are pulling out their, their uh, M phones and their devices and sort of refreshing uh, the Waking Pits hashtag just to see, like, is anyone? It's Halloween. It'd be pretty cool if there was some Waking Pits stuff going on. Uh, and it's just there's nothing, nothing posted. Or maybe, you know, stuff about like, ah, sucks that we can't go to the waking pits, hashtag waking pits. But like, you, you've you noticed that this is a thing that, that is like, there's a market for and people are, are excited about because it's Halloween and, and no other slug blasting crew has been able to to figure out this, this riddle. Um, and Chester's proposing that maybe he's got a solution. How about this? I know that I'm asking, I'm giving you a big ask, but you know what? How about Nick and I, we go try to figure out, maybe the rest of you, you can kind of like, uh, think about it too, you know. Just, maybe that'll help you out. You enjoy some of the hot dogs, like I'm gonna enjoy one. And you know, and if you want to come, we'll be over by the conveyor belt. All right, the offer has been made. You guys have uh, have potentially an opportunity to go get up to some trouble in the waking pits. Let's go now to Elliot. Elliot, I think your eye is caught by uh, none other than Devani is just showing up to the party. Uh, similar to the the very first night that you met her, she's rolling in with uh, with a few other folks, uh, and I think as you look over, you're uh, you're not really you don't recognize what she's dressed as right away. Like she's just kind of you know 
dressed normally but also like plainer than she normally would like she's just got kind of like a dull blue like a button-up uh that kind of hangs down a little low um and like pants that are like it almost looks like a pantsuit or like a jumpsuit um but it's just like stuff she had around maybe um and as you make your approach uh and she sees you coming she gets excited and reaches in her back pocket and pulls out a michael myers halloween mask and puts it on and i was like ah huh like because you're and i'm get it yeah no that you look awesome babe thanks you told me what you were gonna do and i and i just couldn't resist no that's that's super that's super cool <laughs> it feels weird when i'm embodying the character to ask this but do you guys smooch <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think Aww. so i think we smooch you smooch with the mask on or do with you the- like spider-man it up <laughs> oh, it is, oh. i we spider-man it up <laughs> okay uh, I think she takes it off pretty quickly afterwards anyway. Like, you do the smooch, and then she pulls it back down, and then it's like, no, this this is hot, man. It's rubber masks. I don't... Yeah. <laughs> I mess my hair up. It, it's okay. You brought it. It shows that you're committed. You don't have to wear it for the rest of the night if you don't want to. Oh, we're having a commitment conversation now, are we? <laughs> uh, come on. Let's go grab a drink. I think Lake sees this happen, like, 20 feet away and looks over at Angus, kind of like... She's she's not used to having her hair over her left shoulder, so she's kind of like playing with her hair, her long red mm-hmm. hair, and is like, "Oh yeah, the couples costumes. They look really cute together as a as a as a couples costume." <laughs> Sigh. <laughs> so this raises a question. Uh, <laughs> I I have ideas about where Angus is at. Would like like have we told people that we're like kind of a thing? Um, I think she's told Elliot, and that's about as far as it went, but this was maybe sort of like, ooh, if we did this thing together, like, that maybe, maybe she was, she had put some meaning into that, like, Elliot and Devani are doing a couple's costume, maybe we can do it, okay, we're not, okay, no, that's fine, that's fine, yeah, Yeah. okay. (laughs) Drama, I love it. I feel like Angus wouldn't really clock, like, he'd notice Elliot and Devani and be like, yeah, that's fine, but he'd, he'd turn to, like, and be like, Something weird is going on, right? Like with Chester? Um, yeah, he's he's definitely, he keeps talking about how he's doing a big think, and like, I, 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 there's a lot to unpack there, and I don't really like any of it. Not to, <laughs> not to sell the guy short, but just, yeah, he, he, he's, he's acting really weird. And like, don't get me wrong, the idea of going to the waking pit sounds kind of awesome, but, but I, I can't shake that something weird is going on, and like, how fast we would have to Go now. The more I'm talking, the more I'm talking myself into it. Damn it! I'm trying to say that something <laughs> weird is going on, and it's making me really suspicious. Yeah, no, I think that's valid. But also, like, I don't know. It it, it would be really cool to go to the Waking Pit. I just don't know if I trust Nick to to be the one making this call. Like he's cracking, you know, some cockamamie scheme. He, Chester had the whole thing about Greece, and then and then Nick was like, "What about a a, a conveyor belt?" And it's just that the two of them are are really a pair. Ah, jeez, I don't know. Yeah, they're definitely conspiring together as much as Nick is putting on some kind of act. Hmm. But maybe it's because he's... He knows if he brought it up by himself that we would shut it down, right? Yeah, yeah, there, there's something fishy going on with the two of them. I, I, hmm. I think, yeah, much like that, as you guys are, are paired up and having this conversation about, like, it would be cool to go to the Waking Pits, but I don't know. Uh, we kind of cut over to Elliot and Devani, and you're in a in the middle of a similar conversation where you're kind of venting your your own feelings on this to to your partner Elliot. So I don't know. They want to go to the waking pits, and apparently we're going to have to go over 140 kilometers an hour or something, which I don't even know if that's possible on hoverboards. And 
I mean, it would be really cool, but uh, I also kind of want to spend the night with you. I mean, I, I, you know, don't get me wrong. I always want to spend time with you, and I, um, I, I would never say no. But like, also, what you're pitching sounds pretty cool. Like, that's faster than anyone's ever gone on a hoverboard to go spend Halloween in a in a nightmare dimension. Like, oh, it's pretty goth, right? <laughs> Yeah, this is the kind of stuff you're all about, you and your old movies, right? Like, it, you're you're going to be bummed if you miss it. No, you're right. Okay. And you're sure you don't mind me going off? I mean, I'm not going over 140 kilometers an hour. That sounds like a suicide mission. And she kind of, like, smirks at you a little bit. But I'll be here <laughs> waiting for you if you get back. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe I'll bring you back a nightmare. Aw, would you? Uh, <laughs> I think that's where we leave that scene. So over the conveyor belts, uh, Chester and Nick, you you guys think you've pretty much got things figured out, and you're just sort of waiting for your friends to arrive there. Wow, Chester, I'm really impressed. I, the way you described the the, the whole scenario with the, with the metaphor of, of of the hoagie roll model, it it all it all clicked. All of that was very sound, <laughs> and and the I, the the calculations you had for the speed we would need to reach. I I'm Chester. It really all of this sounds like it'll work out, and I think part of this. The thought process is enforced by uh, one skill that Nick picked up at the end of last run, uh, Hyperfantasiac, uh, in which you can picture multiversal concepts easily, you know where you'll land when you portal, you can find portal zones without an ampimeter, and you get plus 1d6 to any role involving portaling physics. So this extra, like, added knowledge of how portaling works is really shown that, like, Chester's on it with this one. He's he's really got it down for this. <laughs> well, well, thanks. Uh, it's, it's, thanks for backing me up on this. You know, I... I don't know. I, I'm kind of concerned that I, I may not be able to slug blast too much longer. You know, my dad's really coming down on me. But I figured if, you know, we can start earning some money through this, then my dad would have to let me keep doing it, you know? So I got I to gotta turn this around. And, and I realize this is the way we do it. You got to uh, do this thing that no other slug blasting crew is doing. Wow, yeah. That's that's totally the way to think about it, Chester. I'm I'm really glad to hear that. I mean... I know lately with how everything went in during the, the planar eclipse, I know oh, people we we haven't even gone on a run since then. No one's really been that amped to try and do anything. But I'm really glad that you're still still wanting to do it. I think I think we can have a really cool run here. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's going to go great. Uh, you know, I've been you know working on my mobility boosters and and like it's as fast as I've ever gone. I mean, it did kind of. My arm still kind of hurts, but you know what? I'm sure it will be fine and it will be no consequence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. You're still carrying a slam from last run. Uh, is it, your arm's Two. not in a, in a sling anymore or anything, but it's probably still not at 100%, hey? Yeah, because it was dislocated. So it's like, especially when you've dislocated anything one time, it makes it easier to dislocate in the future. So, like, you know, it probably has recovered, but it's probably very susceptible for it to happen again. And I'm also tired. Like, I've been, uh, I'm exhausted. That's my other slam I have, so. Yeah, you uh, you don't got much room on this run. Let's hope mm-hmm. this plan of yours pays off. Speaking of, I think uh, one by one, your friends uh, begin to show up, question mark? Is, it, is everyone yeah. going along yeah. with this? Yeah. I think if I see um, Elliot go, we'll, we'll go. Fair enough, yeah. Then, yeah, I think uh, you guys have figured out how to work this contraption. You've got the conveyor belt, and you wanted it, like, moving in reverse to sort of launch you like a 
like a speed boost strip in a racing video game? Is that the idea? <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm thinking the way we've got this, this set, I, I've I've re-rigged the power controls to this this remote that I should be able to access up near the top of the conveyor. I'm figuring if we have it going in the other direction like a treadmill, between Chester's mobility boosters and my Nega Friction Wake, we can start to accelerate in place at the top of the track. Once we reach a high enough speed through that, I'll be able to flip the controls to change the conveyor belt back down the slope toward where we want to punch through, and that'll add on top of the acceleration we were already building to send us directly through there at the speed we need. Whoa. I love it. Uh, I think we're going to need a roll to see how this goes. Uh, however, feel free to communally add any any dice to this because it is uh, like I, I want it to be one roll for the team. But who's rolling it and, and whose dice you're using, you guys can feel free to like pool resources on this one. Since I get that extra D6 on anything involving portaling physics, I'm happy to, to make the roll. That sounds logical. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chester, sure. are you throwing any of your your dice behind this? Yeah, I'm adding. I'm going to give a dice, and I'm going to give a kick. The kick, I'm assuming, so that I can get everybody else. Actually, you know what? I'm going to use both kick. So, because I'm pulling everybody behind me, and I'm going faster than it would be possible, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I think it makes sense that I have to use uh, both kick. I'm also going to add a dice from the armor itself. So, like, I'm kind of maxing out my armor's ability to do this. Yeah, totally. I like that you're doing the the hands-on, the practical side of, like, you're the one who's building up the speed with your armor, but Nick is the one who's kind of set up the conveyor belt, and between the two of you, it's it's uh, it's a group effort. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in a grit dice, too, because I figure that also has to be a part of it. Because it's, like, it's got to use my strength, too, I figure. Yeah, so how many, how yeah. many dice are you giving to Nick? To I'm roll? giving two. Two, two dice. And then yeah. you're already rolling with two, Nick. Anything else that anyone's adding to that? Like, if you want to take a hype die, I would feel comfortable with that. Oh, yeah. Hype die. Absolutely. Okay. So that would be 5d6, and I'll throw one of my own kick on from Smarts as well, because I think Nick has sort of set up this thing. So we'd be rolling 5d6, and we've got three kick on it. Oh, amazing. Whew. Big way to start. All right. Let's see how she do. Oh, she do be doing... <laughs> uh, we got, <laughs> uh, we got a six. Yay! We got a six, beautiful. Um, so yeah, I think the uh, the machine starts to to rumble and clatter. Like it's not, this isn't active equipment. This is stuff that has been left behind as like not even worth pulling out of this uh, failed mining. So it's like it's not in great shape. But one way or another, between Chester and Nikki, you guys can manage to get it running. Uh, and there's you know smoke coming out the back end. I think you start to get some attention from your classmates. Are you guys already starting your stream at this point? Might as well, yeah. Uh, so I, I turn to Angus and I'm like, hey, Angus, I really think uh, you, you have the ability to get people really amped. So I think you should be the host of this, uh, of the video. I'm I really thinking about it. I think you'd be a, a really good person for our marketing. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, you got it. What are you talking about our marketing and our money? What? <laughs> Guys, we're starting to build up speed. We can't do this to sort of talking now. Let's get going. <laughs> uh, yeah, Chester is, like you said, he's, he's sort of in place, but building up and building up. Uh, and it reaches the point where you think you're, uh, you've, you've built up the speed you need. Uh, you, you're all sort of uh, linking, linking hands, linking arms so that you can be pulled along by Chester. Nick throws the switch and you guys rocket forward. I uh, whips you directly towards the the uh, far end of the gravel pit, and uh, you, you hear kind of a gasp from your uh, from your assembled party goers. 
Um, you guys are careening across the uh, the bottom of the pit, and for a second it looks like you're going to slam right into the far side, but you punch through at the last moment just before you would be splattered all over the side of the gravel pits. Because, you know, if you if you crash that bad in Null, there's nowhere to peel back to, but you punch through. It's all good. Uh, you find yourselves very briefly in the plane of Vestige going through the uh, the sort of neon synthwave apocalypse that uh, that you saw in your very first run together before you even knew you were a crew yet. Um, and you're sort of whining through the uh, the toxic smoke there, but you're not there for long. You immediately tear through another hole in space-time. You guys find yourselves in Spar, the familiar uh, cobblestone streets and colorful buildings, the big moon in the sky, uh, and you're, you're weaving in and around a crowd, approaching what you know to be the thin zone into the waking pits, which is sort of down a hill and at the end of a pier. Generally, you guys would would skate out and and just before you would hit the water, that's where you'd punch through into the mouth of this cave. Uh, However, you guys have picked up enough speed and Chester has done the calculations uh, that as you come up over the rise just before it starts into the downhill, uh, you start to get a little bit of air and Chester sort of swerves off to one side uh, to an outcropping of rock near the pier and careens up a side of it and catches air off of that and does this huge, beautiful jump out over top of uh, where the portal zone would normally be at the end of the pier, only a good, you know, 40 feet higher than that up in the air. Uh, And because he calculated it just so, he knew exactly the amount of air that you would need. Uh, Because what has occurred to Chester is that these portal zones, you think of them in the terms that you can access, access them. Like this one is at the end of the pier, you skate up to it and you go through. But Chester has realized that that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a stationary point in space. It extends in all directions. It seeps down into the meat. It gets into the bun, as he's put it. Uh, and he's realized that this portal zone extends upwards for quite a ways. Uh, so you guys catch this huge chunk of air. You can see all of your silhouettes against the bright sky and the and the gigantic moon in the background. And it sort of hangs there in slow motion as the train of you are pulled through weightlessly. But, you know, time snaps back in and you punch through the thin zone in midair. You can see the mouth of the cave below you. You can maybe even see the Mediterranean vampires, you know, salivating and licking their chops, waiting for some foolish Halloween pranksters to to try something. Uh, they're they're going to be eating good tonight, they're thinking. Um, but you guys are, are far up and above that, uh, and you manage to just sort of... Again, it's like you're going to hit the wall, but you're able to sort of pivot 90 degrees and catch just like the thinnest little lip of a cliff like it's it's just the tiniest little rocky outcropping along the edge of this mountain face you got just enough height that you needed and the vector was just so that you're able to run perpendicular to the mountain and sort of carve around it completely avoiding this cave system uh and and narrowly maintaining your balance as you uh as you circumvent the vampires and you find yourselves in the plane of the waking pits A set of heavy oak double doors bursts inward, and five teens come tumbling through into the darkened foyer of an old crumbling manor house. A thick layer of dust coats everything in sight, and cobwebs hang in thick strands, drooping down from a lopsided chandelier full of melted, burned-out candles, and connecting to the frames of old oil paintings hung on the walls. The paintings are so faded that their subjects are completely indiscernible, 
and all around them what appears to be black mold grows in every crack and corner of the room. There is a large, imposing door in the center of each wall. On either side of the entryway, tall, narrow windows are buffeted constantly by wind and rain. It is bitterly cold, and the air smells of dust, damp, and something like battery acid. So we've skipped ahead a little bit in time. You guys made your way in. You had your triumphant entrance into the Waking Pits. And I think shortly upon uh, arriving there, you know, you've got your stream going on your phones. Uh, Everyone saw you, like, clear three dimensions in a matter of less than a minute um, and rocket into into the sky and yeah you guys were able to avoid the the vampires i think you made your way to uh to a cemetery there and then just proceeded to like do some sick hoverboarding tricks that's what slug blasting is is all about is, is showing off and streaming and getting clout and just the fact that you were there on halloween when no one else knew how is like already your your pages are blowing up everyone's everyone's following the hashtag everyone's uh it's got some real heat on it you guys are uh crushing it or at least you were for about 45 minutes or an hour or so things were starting to feel you know like old times everything was starting to feel good and then the rain started and a rainstorm is not an uncommon thing in the waking pits but uh but occasionally they get really bad uh and this one was one of those it was an acid rainstorm uh, and you found yourselves needing to quickly find shelter. You have Hasware for the Waking Pits. Uh, that was something that Elliot procured for the team. Uh, maybe it's a little bit like a, a winter coat over your Halloween costume situation. Uh, but the thing about the acid rain here is while, while your Hasware is protecting you, you know, none of you are taking slams from this. The longer you stay out in it, the less Hasware you're going to have left. Um, so uh, I, I think you very quickly need to move towards shelter, which is why we find you now uh, in this nearby abandoned manor house. As described, it is very dusty, it is very uh, old, and it is very dark in here. It's pitch black, uh, no no lights uh, to speak of. Um, but you're able to sort of slam the doors back shut and you're protected from the acid rain, at least for a moment. Phew. Well, I think that was uh, pretty uh, good, everybody. I, I think we had a pretty good stream. Angus, you did great. Uh, thanks. This worked really well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was. It was. You, you, you guys definitely mathed it out, and and good. Good job. Uh, good job. No need to thank me. It was all Chester. Yeah, and I didn't math it out. I just like, yeah, it just made sense. It just made sense. Sure. And uh, and I'm like looking around. Do I get a sense that there's anybody in this space or like anything that stands out? Uh, very much the opposite. You get a sense that it seems completely abandoned, and that's not uncommon in the Waking Pits. It's it's uh, it is the plane of nightmares, of vampires, of of full moons and lightning and bats. We've been here briefly before when Nick got sort of phased here accidentally, but this is your your first time intending to come here. But yeah, abandoned castles and uh, and old manor houses are are not in the least uncommon here in the Waking Pits. And uh, and you're right to sort of be suspicious that, like, sometimes they're not abandoned at all. Um, but at least so far, you're getting the sense that there is uh, not a lot of activity in this place. Like, the layer on of dust on the floor is, is very thick and very undisturbed. Uh, and you don't seem to hear anything other than, again, the howling wind and the rain makes it a little hard to uh, discern any particular sound. Uh, is there, can we at least maybe make out, like, is there maybe a chandelier hanging from the ceiling? There was in that, in that initial description, there was absolutely a chandelier. Perfect. Uh, then I think Lake is gonna see that and fire her reality cannon straight up at it. Uh, I'm going to use the parameter dial, uh, change a minor feature of a target. I think she's just gonna change it to luminescent. 
Okay, you're not trying to light the candles. You're trying to just make the whole thing glow. Just the whole <laughs> chandelier and the candles and the chain glow. Yeah, oh, I love Very it. Very good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's get a roll for that. I think she's going to try to like, it's, it's, it's got that horror movie thing where like we're all, you know, it's all dark. Maybe you just see our eyes blinking. Uh, I think she's going to try to look cool while she does it. Uh, and just to make sure it works, I'm going to use one of my uh, turbo, I'm going to use an added dice. You don't want to use your uh, your guaranteed middle finger ability on this one? Just get that out of the way Not early quite, so you just, don't I, have it for later? No? No? Okay. Uh, no, no, I think I think we're just going to see how this goes. So. <laughs> I mean, you do need light. You, you need light to see. Sure, That's sure. That's the thing about just, light. You know, but if this fails, Elliot can just reach in her bag and get a flashlight or something. It's it's fine. I'm going to save my middle <laughs> finger. Good, good try, though. Five. Five, that's a mixed success. Yeah, she just sort of, in, in the little bit of moonlight creaking in through the window, she can kind of eye the chandelier, and she's like, hey, hang on, everybody, stand back. Just back up for a second. And she plants it so that it's going, like, straight up and down the reality cannon and fires. And uh, it, it hits the light, and the whole thing just, like, the, the, the room illuminates, and the whole chandelier, like, the rings, the candle, the chain, all start glowing like a dull white. Not dull, but, like, like an LED light. Like, it's not... It's not floodlights. It's not, you know, a, a football stadium. Yeah, and I think uh, there's something, there's a quality to the waking pits where where even colorful things like your your glitch and, and some of your outfits that you're probably wearing, everything does take a little bit of a, a desaturated washout quality in this in this plane of reality. Like it, you, you know, even the brightest colors seem a little dimmer. So yeah, it's practical and you can see by it, but it is a little bit eerie. It's It's got that, that sort of ethereal waking pitsy quality to it. Yeah. And I think the force of the blast also made it swing a bit. So one, some dust is coming down, but also now it's got that like single light bulb on a string vibe. Yeah, like, <laughs> casting yeah. shadows that sort of move around you and like kind of keep catching them out of the corner of your eye. Oh, I love it. Chester, you have an ability called receptive. Yes, sir. Right. Your ability here, it says you notice the stuff everyone else is too busy to, like hidden panels, undiscovered hoverboard spots, or gorgeous sunsets. Yeah. It's not a gorgeous sunset that you notice right now. I think what it is is as the light picks up, uh, you notice that there's these two tall windows on either side of the door that are uh, uh, being pummeled by the acid rain. Doesn't seem to be like, you know, corroding the walls or anything. It's not quite that strong. But um, now that the light is on, you can sort of see reflected in the window the room around you. And it's it's basically as I described. Uh, it was it was darker before, but you know, oil paintings on the walls, big door in the center of each wall, uh, chandelier, dust, cobwebs, black mold, etc. The thing that you notice that you didn't before is that in the in the reflection on the window, you can see a spiral staircase in the center of the room that sort of spirals upwards and seems to lead up to a second floor. Um, however, when you look back at the room itself, not in reflection. That does not exist. There is no staircase. There is no indication that there is any second floor to access. Um, and in fact, as you were approaching the manor house, I think you would have seen that that the top floor of it looked pretty like crumbled and, and decayed, like there was nothing really up there anymore. It was more the bottom of the structure that was still intact. But that's the thing you notice with your ability. Huh. Vampire stairs. <laughs> um. What? Uh, well, I mean, look, look at this reflection here, and I point at the thing, and I assume other people can also see the reflection? Yes, everyone, now that it's been pointed out to them, everyone notices this weird trick of the light, question mark. <laughs> Reflected in the window, you can see these stairs that are not actually there in, in reality. Hmm. If we attempt to go up and touch the invisible stairs, can we feel anything? Ah, yeah. uh, there's nothing there. It's empty space. And, like, not even, like... 
you know, oh, I can see the the bolts in the floor where the stairs used to be secured, or like nothing. It's there's there's nothing there. What if uh, what if somebody were to maybe go investigate uh, the the ceiling up where these these stairs might lead in the in the reflection? Uh, yeah, I'll I'll humor that. H- how are you going about doing what you're doing? Uh, the old the old walk up the walls gag. Uh, Nick starts uh, walking up the walls, and like his his big. Neo trench coat is trailing down behind him as he as he walks uh, <laughs> up the vertical surface and then across the ceiling into into the middle where where the stairs seem to have led in the in the reflection. Uh yeah, I you're able to do that. This is the ability that you just get to do, right? You don't have to roll for this one. Yes, yeah. This is anti-naked friction outsoles. You can run up walls, hang from ceilings, keep your hoverboard stuck to your feet, etc. Okay. Um yeah, I think Nick as you get up there like there there doesn't seem to be any sort of like opening here to go where the stairs would pass through like you can see in the reflection that they go up through through an opening in the floor and they they lead up to a second floor that presumably is up there but you you don't uh see any trace of that here just like the ceiling is uh tiled let's say and there's no like loose tiles or 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 anything that looks out of place to you it's just you're walking along on the ceiling um and as you are walking along on the ceiling you begin to hear a sound and before long everyone else can hear it as well You all hear a sound in the distance growing steadily louder, a whooshing, thumping, flapping kind of sound. Uh, And suddenly, the windows on either side of the entryway burst into shards as an impossible number of massive mutant moths explode into the foyer, swarming and careening around the room, crashing into the walls and just generally causing complete pandemonium. The light from the chandelier has drawn some mutant moths that are uh, caught out in this acid rainstorm and are are not happy about it, and, and now they have a beacon to move towards. So, here's the thing. It is chaos. There are a lot of these moths. They are gigantic. It's it's absolute uh, pandemonium. So we are going to get a roll from you guys here that's going to sort of facilitate how the rest of the game goes. But it's going to be a little different than we normally do. Uh, I would like each of you to tell me uh, where you intend to go to escape from this this chaos and also roll a d6 for me. Nothing, nothing added. Nothing, uh, no modifiers. Just, just a straight d6. But I would like you each to message me privately and not share the results of that roll or your intent with anyone else. Mwahahaha. Hey everyone, it's your Slugmaster Game Blaster Robin here, thanking you so much once again for listening to the show, for sharing it with people you think would like it. Or, honestly, even people you don't think would like it. That's a great prank, and every download counts, so why not? We are at Quantum Kickflip on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, so follow us on your app of choice. We have been posting some fantastic memes lately inspired by the show, and uh, some of our listeners have gotten in on that as well. We absolutely love it. It's been so much fun. We always post them. Uh, You can also subscribe to us on Patreon, where for just five bucks a month, you can get early access to every new episode of Quantum Kickflip, as well as bi-weekly bonus content like interviews, outtakes, and lots more. I'd also like to thank our sponsors at the Alberta Media Arts Alliance Society, whose goal is to advocate, educate, and celebrate the media arts in Alberta. Check them out at amaas.ca. And finally, we are proud members of the Alberta Podcast Network, and they have a bunch of amazing locally made shows over at albertapodcastnetwork.com. And some of them are also doing Halloween-inspired content, including I Love This, You Should Too, which is a podcast about sharing the things you like with the people you love, regardless of how terrible you think their taste may be. It's a fantastic show, and their Halloween episode is a great one to check out if you're looking for more seasonally appropriate listening. We release Quantum Kickflip bi-weekly, so the conclusion of this run will be up on Wednesday, October 27th, and we're going to get you right back into the action right away here, but first, I'm going to throw it over to Juniper Jenkins for a quick extracurricular assignment. 
yes, um, hi there, I'm um, Juniper Jenkins, and as part of my school's work experience program, I am going to be reading the ad break for this uh, for this episode. I've done a lot of research into proper technique, and uh, I think I understand the fundamentals, so uh, yeah, here, here goes. <clears throat> this episode of Quantum Kickflip was brought to you by the Edmonton Community Foundation. The foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. You can start an endowment fund yourself or with a group, and once it reaches $10,000, you can start distributing funds. Vital Signs is an annual checkup conducted by the Edmonton Community Foundation in partnership with the Edmonton Social Planning Council to measure how the community is doing, and this year's focus is on millennials. Learn more at ecfoundation.org. That's ecfoundation.org. This episode is also brought to you by Taproot Edmonton, a media outlet on a mission to help your community understand itself better. Take the Taproot survey to discover how you align with the candidates running for mayor and city council in Edmonton. Taproot put 30 multiple choice questions to those candidates. Now you can answer the same questions and see who agrees with you most. The survey will be up until the polls close on October 18th, 2021. Visit taproot.vote match to give it a whirl. That's taproot.vote match. <clears throat> yes, so um... That looks to be it. Uh, I think I did all right there. I feel like I had good good energy and uh, good presence, lots of confidence. I've, I've read that it's all about confidence. So, um, yes, thank you so much for helping me out with this assignment, and I, I look forward to receiving my grade. Thank you. go check in with Nick. Nick, you were up on the ceiling when this uh, swarm of mutant moths burst through the window and, and sort of created absolute chaos. Um, so what was your uh, your next move there? Where were you? Where did you plan to go? Well, I think initially as the moths burst through, Nick's uh, sort of like reflex reaction is to draw his Negatana. And in the very desaturated look of everything, uh, the Negaton is still glowing red, so there's a very, like, Sin City look to everything. Mm-hmm. But then Nick, uh, thanks to why he was up there, sort of, like, looking at where the staircase and the reflection led, and he wants to use his hyperphaser ability. Uh, you can roll to phase through walls and other matter to try and go up through the ceiling at the point where that reflected staircase had been. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I think you're able to do exactly that. Um, you carve through space-time, uh, and you find yourself up on the other side of the uh, of the ceiling. This house clearly had a second floor at one point, but you couldn't really say that about it now. It's mostly rotted away and caved in. Um, so you're you're up here, and you are uh, the the rain is whipping down. You've got your hasware, so you're you're safe for the time being. But you probably don't want to stay out here too long. Uh, and yeah, you don't see any trace of the stairs on this side either. Um, however, you got a new ability last time around. Hyperphantasiac, is that what it was called? Yes, yeah, that was the one that I got from drinking the... Was there a name for the nectar? Was it? Was there a special... Yeah, we, we were calling it Turbo Nectar a lot. Ah, yes. I kept calling the it Turbo Nectar. Ooh. Um, <laughs> So that ability, Hyperphantasiac, you can picture multiversal concepts easily. You know where you'll uh, land when you portal. You can find portal zones without an ampameter. Uh, and you get plus one D6 to rolls involving portaling physics. We already used this once tonight. That that finding portal zones without an ampameter thing is coming to play right now. You get a sense that there is a thin zone 
back to null nearby like you you can sort of feel that like you can see the the way that space time is flowing and you sort of see um i don't know if you even necessarily know where it would lead but there is a thin, thin zone somewhere near here however something's not quite right about it like the every time you kind of can try to pin down where you think it might be it's not quite there like it feels like this this upper floor of the house is is close but not quite somehow. Okay. That's that's the vibe you're getting with your ability here. The ghost of a figment of a memory. Something like that. Uh, but the rain is still <laughs> whipping down, and it's as you see, it's starting to just kind of corrode your sleeve a little bit. So what's what does Nick do next? Yeah, and since this is all crumbled away, there's not really more to the house on this level. On this level, no, it's kind of all open. Like you can see everything there is to see, and it's rotten and and crumbled. I guess shape of the house, were there kind of like different wings? I know from that main room, there were doors to all sides. Like, does it seem like there's more house out to the west where the west door would have gone into the east where the east door would have gone? Yeah, it, it kind of seems honestly like a, a relatively a square or maybe like a little bit of a U shape to it, but pretty blocky. But yes, it does seem like the house extends out like those doors. Those doors do lead somewhere, if that's what you're asking. Yeah. Um, then yeah, I think Nick is going to make his way west on this, uh, within the crumbled second floor, and try and phase his way back down through the ceiling of the west wing. I love it. Do you want me to make a roll for this second hyperphaser? Yeah, let's let's do that. Okay. Yeah, I'll use a turbo from my Rift Ninja sneakers for the uh, hyperphaser. Mm-hmm. I'll also throw a kick on that. So I'll be rolling 2d6 and a kick with my sneaks. Ooh, boy. Uh, that's a three. <laughs> <laughs> three is the best, hey? Uh, the other is a one. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I, I like you You were trying to make your way to the West Wing um, and, and phase back through. I think you're not able to do that due to your, your failure on this roll. Um, so I think it's the kind of thing where like you're, you're trying to navigate your way there, but it's kind of hard to tell from above where the main room ends and where the next room would begin and also rain is pummeling down and you're getting acid burns and like you're just it's it's hard to map this out so you go down through what you assume to be the right spot but you find yourself back in that same swarm and i think between the acid rain above and the mutant moths below you lose your footing here um and go tumbling down to the main floor from the ceiling so you're gonna take a slam for this one What's a good word for falling from the ceiling? Battered. Uh, I got Icarus. Uh, <laughs> Wind knocked yeah. out of you? Yeah, I, I liked battered. Uh, however, it's not all bad news because uh, as you fall to the ground, you hear a like, psst, psst, over here kind of thing. Um, and you see Lake Marsden. Uh, yeah, I think when she sees the, uh, the moths come in, she just kind of makes a run for it. And uh, up against one of the walls was like a big gothic like armchair with a huge back and an ottoman out in front of it and i think she sort of power slides across the ottoman and then like flips it up like you flip up a table to be cover Mm -hmm. um and like basically puts herself between the wall and the underside of this now vertical ottoman Mm -hmm. um and i think nick just fell sort of next to her in her fort nick Nick phased through, gone, gone feet first. He didn't, he didn't quite expect it to be what it was, and he, he fell, landed directly on his back, and kind of struggles and winces as he scrambles up and over to the side where Lake is, and maybe he's uh, behind the chair beside the ottoman. It's very much like if you if you didn't notice that they were both there, it would seem like the two pieces of furniture are talking to each other. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. Everyone listening to the podcast, imagine this conversation from that perspective, please. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, ouch. Uh, Lake, it seems like I'm getting the sense that there was some sort of portal zone up there. I I couldn't... uh, When I went up, it was just still the crumbling house, but it seemed like there was... There was some sort of thin zone. I couldn't quite nail down where it would be up there, but that might be our way back somehow. I think you're right, and I think we should set our sights on that. I've got the ampimeter. We can we can uh, uh, test. If, yeah. Um, is it something I can tell from down here, or do we need to get up there to, to wave it around? I think like you might get more information getting close, but I, I do think uh, you, you get a similar read to Nick where like, yeah, there's definitely like it's pinging something. But also it's like intermittent in a way that it normally wouldn't be. and you. It just yeah, like... I think it's like a Geiger counter where you get the like, you yeah. know, and so the app on her phone is like, she's like, I, I'm, get, I'm getting a signal, but I, I probably should get closer. It'll be stronger. But I, th- I think you're right. Yeah, it's like it's sporadic in a way that like it, it doesn't seem like it normally should, but it is also like it's it's promising. Nick, you were initially planning on making your way out of this room towards the west wing of the house. Is that still the goal? Is you, are you guys going to make your move through that west door? Well, I think Nick will, will reach to, like, he's he made a lot of bold moves last time, and he, he knows people are still kind of sore on that. So I think Nick is going to, to defer to Lake and be like, well, do you think we could probably try going back up there? Now that the moths have broken through the window, I think we can I can climb up the wall and get back up to the roof pretty easily, but... To, do you know where anyone else went? Should we should we try and go elsewhere or up? I think we should go up for sure. The yeah. Okay. Um. Then uh, I guess follow me. And uh, with that, he stands up from behind the chair. <laughs> mm-hmm. She goes, "Yeah, okay. I I will follow you, Nick. How are you planning on getting the two of us up there?" Oh, geez. Well, I was just gonna walk up the wall and out the window, and then walk up the outside of the wall, and it would be very much like Wallace and Gromit: The Wrong Trousers, where they do the museum heist thing. But um, I don't know. I um... I think your your op- options here are like you did mention, like going outside and trying to scale. That is a possibility. I, I will throw out there that it is. There's acid rain coming down, and it's probably both slippery and corrosive, um, which is not a great combo. Uh, but there is, you know, the rest of the house uh, that uh, might grant access. Let's uh, let's check in with Elliot. So, Elliot, you uh, headed to the south door. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you were able to get through and, and sort of slam it behind you um, to stop the moths from, from following you through. Um, or you uh, you almost slam it behind you, but as you go to do so, you see Angus following behind, kind of making a move in the same direction. And amazingly enough, also uh, Chester uh, a moment later. Like, it's hard to kind of keep track of where everyone went in the pandemonium. Um, but yeah, it's it's you first, then Angus, then briefly after Chester. Um, so you all three make your way out into this, uh, through the southern door. You find yourselves... Uh, in a large, very nicely equipped room. Again, it's it's not um, it's very dimly lit. There's uh, maybe moonlight coming in through the window and and whatnot. But uh, but also it's raining. It's cloudy, so maybe not that much moonlight. But it is. Uh, you can tell even in the dark, your eyes have started to adjust, and it's a very uh, elegantly bedecked room. There's a large grand piano over in one corner. Uh, the floor is smooth and polished. And there are a couple of uh, big overstuffed leather chairs, grandfather clock in the corner. Um, there's the door that you just came through. Uh, you were headed south, so on the north side of the room. Also, doors to the east and to the west. Okay. 
Everyone okay? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty scary back there. <sighs> yeah. Oh, well, okay, well, maybe we, we should probably head back soon. Well, I mean, there's still a swarm of giant mutant moths. I know, I know. I, I mean, how do you deal with them? Guns? Big gun? We only have small guns. No, I don't think we should go back in there. That's, uh... Yeah. Moths. Cool. Well... The two people who are best at portaling are not the people in this room. Hmm. 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 Well, then we should probably find the others then, right? Right. Uh, well, uh, now, the thing is, with my receptive there, Robin, would I have possibly have gotten an idea where the others went? I don't think so in this case. I think it was that, just, that's like, fine. too much chaos with the moths. Um, I think that your your ability already paid out in the in the sort of reflection of the stairwell thing. Um, so, that's yeah, fine. unfortunately here this time, I don't think you got a read on it. Like, you know, Nick was on the roof, and, you know, Lake was somewhere, but, you, you know, didn't quite keep track. Mm-hmm. Well, 50-50. Let's pick a door, I guess. Should we, um, stick together? Yeah, that only makes sense, right? That's true. If we split up, it would be one one way and two the other way. And I feel like people going off on their own is not the best idea right now. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, Angus. Thank you. Um, yeah, is there anything, like, there doesn't seem to be much going on in this room. It is a big empty space, but is there anything that you want to do before before moving on from it. <laughs> uh, Angus pulls out his phone, uh, starts streaming, and he's going to pretend he's in the Blur Witch Project. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, give us a taste of that, please. So so Angus is like, he pans around the room. He's like, all right, weird gravity is in the waking pits. We're in some kind of scary manner. There's a grandfather clock. You know that's filled with ghosts. And then he like does the thing where he like holds it right up to his face, like nose up. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here, but we're going to find out who has the map. Where, where do we need to go? Where, where is everybody? I don't, I don't know if we have a map. We just kind of like... Angus holds the camera right up to Chester's face. Yeah. Um. You have the map, Chester. uh, Show us the map. We need to get out of here. Well, I didn't know where I put it then. Uh, hold on a second. And like, and <laughs> because I love this Blair Witch offer so much, yeah, I'll give it to you. Between your offer and Chester's uh, receptiveness, you don't notice a, a map necessarily, but you do notice on one wall there is uh, one of the framed pictures on the wall looks to be like schematics of the house that you're in. It looks to be very close to a map. <laughs> Angus goes up and like a very poor framing of it is like, oh my god, what is this? <laughs> I think it's a schematic. Uh, I don't know if it's a map though. I think it's just a schematic. Like an interior design. Mm. Haunted interior design. <laughs> well, maybe this can help us get out of here. The, um, the word you're looking for is floor plan, not schematic, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's, floor plan is exactly what I'm looking for. But to be fair, I mean, th- this is Chester. <laughs> and I uh, I reach down and I try to pull the thing off. Like, how big is this thing? I, I, I'm imagining this way too big. <laughs> it's like, it's a framed picture on the wall. I assume you can probably, like, it's, it's that thing where, like, it's an old, old house and it's been here for too long, so it's, like, kind of weirdly, like, stuck to the wall. Um, but mm. you're able to, like, pry it off, and, and I think you can probably get it out of its frame. Uh, but honestly, like, there's not that much to it if you, uh, like, 
don't know if you're wanting to take it with you or just sort of take it in. But what you see is like, imagine a tic-tac-toe grid. So you got like nine boxes. And then imagine that the very top one, top middle, uh, is like blacked out. So that one doesn't exist. The rest of them are are, are rooms uh, in this house. So it's got kind of, like I said, kind of a U-shape, but boxy. Um, you guys entered into the center box from the north. And then there's seven other rooms. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other mm-hmm. thing you see mm-hmm. on this floor plan that is of note is that there does appear to be a basement level. Like you see a second level, which obviously is like, doesn't really matter what that one looks like because that is all crumbled away and caved away. But yeah, you, you do also see that there appears to be a basement to the house, which strikes you as weird because you can't, for the life of you, both like in the room you were just in, you didn't see anywhere that looked like, you know, leading access to a basement, nor do you see anywhere on this floor plan that is clearly like, oh, there's the stairs that go down. Like it's it's not entirely clear. The writing on it is in weird characters, almost Cyrillic looking alphabet, but not because it's from another dimension. But yeah, so it's like, no, you can't glean absolutely everything from this, but the big takeaways you get are, yeah, three by three grid with one box missing, and there appears to be a basement level in addition to the upper floor. Uh, I think when Angus said uh, haunted interior design, he cut off the stream. He'll come back to it later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like, huh, I wonder how we can get down to that basement. I mean, it still seems like a 50-50. We have to pick one of these doors. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. All right, wise guy. What's your idea? M- me? Um. Yeah, you seem to be taking point uh, on all this. Well, I, I'm, I, do, I don't know much about this house. Uh, let's go that way, and I point to the door that would lead us to the southwest room. All right. Uh, rest of the team, you on board with this decision? Yep. Sure. Beautiful. I love it. Uh, you guys make your way over to the southwest door or the west door, which leads to the southwest room. You get it. (laughs) Nick and Lake, you guys were trying to figure out where you were going to go next. You know that you ultimately want to get to that portal zone, but you've both been getting sort of weird, infrequent readings on it, and you're not quite sure what to make of any of that. Um, you're also in a room full of mutant moths that want to, you know, at the very least bump into you a lot, if not, you know, corrode you with the acid rain they're still covered in or do other nasty mutant moth things. What is this duo's next move? Well, I, 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 I think that the rain's bad news, even with the protection. I, I don't think we should be exposing ourselves to the rain. So, and the, these, these moths are pretty big. So, uh, why don't, why don't we go find another room? And then whenever you do the thing where you walk up the wall, I think I can walk up the wall by just changing my shoes to sticky. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Uh, using your parameter dial? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess another part of the house, there might still be more structure to the second floor. I know it was mostly crumbled, but I think that's a good idea if we head to another room then. Let's see. We've got east, west, and south. My gut was um, saying west before, but I don't I don't know if you have any inclinations either way. I don't know. We don't have any kind of like floor plan, so No schematics um, whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I feel like it's kinda just a crapshoot. I think maybe just finding like well you were you were outside once already. Which which room do you think would have access to another part of outside like a less crumbled outside part? Would Nick have had the sense of any of that from his time up top? I think it was a little bit tricky to tell. Like there were, you know, 
half crumbled walls that sort of obscured areas and stuff. So like east or west are both kind of viable options. Hmm. The the southern edge was pretty crumbled away, and you didn't didn't see much uh, for access there. But like side to side, you're you're probably like it's it's much like the others in the other room, about a fifty fifty. <laughs> Well, while I was up there, I didn't see anything, but something in my gut was saying go west on that. And I, I don't know, maybe it has something to do with wherever that portal is. That it might have, I might have been getting a sense of that. So let's, let's try and get across this room and go west. Uh, okay, I'll follow you. Uh, yeah, so you've, you've got a batch of mutant moths between you and the door. Taking out all of these moths would be a nearly insurmountable feat. Um, but I do still think it, it getting you guys from where you are to where you're going may require a roll, um, depending on how you're looking to do, you know, are you slicing your way through with your Negatana? Are you zapping them out of the air with the reality cannon? Are you just bolting and, and hoping for the best? What's the, what's the play here? I think a quick dash might be sort of the best route across for us. Um, if we were to hop on hoverboards, Nick might take another shot at doing the, uh, the old mega friction wake move, uh, roll to boost your speed as your sword accelerates through matter, even air, and I assume mods, and pulls you <laughs> along. Yeah, can I tag along on that, like on a hoverboard yeah, kick? Like a, like a team roll, I guess? Yeah, I think so, and you guys can uh, put whatever communal dice you want to put towards that. Um, Lake, are you, uh, like you're, you're being pulled along by Nick, but do you are you doing anything on your end with the cannon or otherwise, or is it is it uh, just a dash? No, I think it's just going to be a, using the hoverboard to dash. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Cool. Uh, yeah, let's let's get a roll from. Uh, I guess it makes sense for Michael to roll that then, because you're you're the one doing yeah. the thing. Um, but yeah, let me know what you're adding to it, and let's get a roll for that. I guess like um, I think I using my heart playbook like describe how your passion and empathy helps you with an action. I think I'll give you my die from that, where she just like grabs Nick by the shoulder and she goes like looks him right in the eye and is like, "Okay, Nick, that I'll I'll follow you. I, I trust you." Almost like a, a a small step of reconciliation over the the tension that was between them before. Yeah, it was real tight tension before. It was it is... was pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, and she's but she's she's all in on this. She's gonna follow you. Nice. And then I think Nick is going to uh, pull the move of taking a dare to mark one trouble, and because of his ability on double dare, uh, when you take a dare, you can add an extra one d six. So I'll take a, a kick from the normal dare. And a d6 from the double dare, so we'll be rolling 3d6 with one kick on there. Uh, I think intention on that kick is to get the both of them accelerated across. And that's a four. That was all three of them were four. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Amazing. So four is a mixed success. Um, I think it's it's sort of lining up on hoverboards, Nick in lead, uh, Lake right behind. And I think Nick is just going to wield his Negatana in one hand and the other arm is sort of back for, for Lake to, to grab onto. And uh, he shouts out, Negatana fourth form, velocity thrust! And it's the the stab forward, the, the flash of red as the sword ignites and begins to start pulling them as they speed up directly across the room. Uh, fantastic. And yeah, you do exactly that. It, it pulls you forward. Uh, you uh, make a move for this door. Yeah, because, like, you were just, you were grabbing on and, and getting pulled, yeah? Yeah, partly riding in the, like, nigga friction wake, uh, and then also just sort of, like, holding onto his hand, and as that initial boost goes, it's like when you, like, pull someone along, like, you just, like, give them a yank, and they go... Halfway mm-hmm. skitchin, halfway GTA slipstream. Yeah. Yeah, then you, you pass through the doorway here, uh, you're, you're able to make it through, it was a success, after all, you rolled your, your four. The complication comes from this, I think, a couple of the mods 
pass through here with you. Like, you're just not quite able to slam the door in time, and there are, as a result, it's not the, the swarm that it was, but I think you do have a couple of mutant mods in the space with you, so I think you're you're not quite as out of the woods as you would have been. Uh, the room is dark. Uh, you can't quite see much. You can see there's a couple of, like, chairs and, and table-like structures, but not laid out like a dining room. Uh, they're sort of ones off to one side and ones in a corner, and you're not, not quite sure what the layout is in here without a lot of light. And that's the thing about this, is there isn't a lot of light in this room. You, you guys had eliminated the previous one with Lake's Reality Cannon, but it is once again pitch black in here. In fact, the only source of light currently is Lake's Glitch. I, I, I picture it giving off a certain amount of light, light, Liam. I don't know if that's accurate to Lake. Yeah, like very, very minimal. Like a Yeah, you're not like ass. a glowing beacon, but yeah. nonetheless, you are in a dark room. You're the only source of light, and there are some mutant moths in here with you. I think we've had it before that the Negatana glows a bit as well. Yes, that's true. Um, So Lake's glow, Negatana glow, the only two light sources in the room. There are, <laughs> let's say, five of these mutant moths have passed through with you. Uh, and you are the only thing that they are attracted to here. So, uh, like it or not, you got mods coming after you. I th- I think seeing seeing that we're both glowing and that'll be the thing that they're attracted to, and like having saw what happened earlier, the mods are attracted to light. Uh, Lake's gonna use this to her advantage and basically gonna do the same thing again to whatever, like just the ceiling, like the concept of the ceiling. Okay, just like illuminate it to to. Try and keep them away so from that you. those five little moths go all the way up into the ceiling. Yeah, that's a great plan. And I think this is where I'll use middle finger. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, did it once before. Saw how that all worked. So doing it again. I think that makes sense. Like the ceiling is a big enough target. Like you're not trying to pinpoint anything. You're just like make the ceiling glow. It glows, and because it is a guaranteed six, not even you know a, a mixed success. It is a a full out success. It does exactly what you want it to do. These moths uh, are careening towards you, and then suddenly the ceiling lights up in a much brighter display and attracts their attention. You've seen this behavior already. You know that they're attracted to light. That's how it works. Now that you can see the room around you a little bit, you realize that the tables that you saw earlier, um, they're not like dining tables at all. Uh, the one off in the corner looks roughly like a shuffleboard, and then the one uh, next to you here is is more of a like billiards table. Um, you're in some sort of a game room. Uh, there's windows along the one outer wall. You can see there's still the rain coming down and the and the wind whipping. Um, and there is a door, like the door you just came in behind you. There's also door to the north and south uh, that would presumably lead you into other rooms in the mansion. But yeah, Robin uh, Slack, are we playing Clue right now? <laughs> May- maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it was the moth in the games room with the reality cannon. So you're in the billiard room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nick sheathes his sword and says, Lake, amazing thinking. Wow, and it's he sort of covers his eyes. It's really bright in this one, huh? Yeah, I, I suppose so. She, she's like looking around to see if there's a way to get up closer to where... If not to the portal to get the ampimeter to work better. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, I don't think you see much. Like, I mean, there there's tables that you can stand on if you want to, like, hold the ampimeter up higher to the ceiling. Um, but there's not really much for, like, uh, shelves or, or stairs or anything of that sort in this room. Um, basically just got the, the couple of games tables. And I guess maybe there's, like, a shelving unit in one corner with some, like cards and poker chips and whatever else on it but like not a not a particularly tall shelf no fireplace with a chimney in the billiards room sadly no you might have to might have to go to the lounge or something for that (laughs) well it's not looking like it's any more accessible from this room uh yes 
Another two doors. You want to... We could, we could head back up north? Yeah, no harm in poking around. You know, cl- classic maze logic. You gotta hug the right wall. Yeah, yeah, let's... I, I think you're right. Hug hug the walls. That's 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 a good idea. And she goes and, like, kind of moves up against a wall. She's She seems, like, a little skittish. Uh, but so she, she kind of gets comfy on the walls and, and it sort of looks at Nick like, yeah, lead, lead the way. It, door's uh, I, a door. I didn't really mean literally, but yeah, no, let's let's go try that one. So you guys are, are wanting to move on to the north? I think so. Yeah. Then I think this is where another dimension of your complication will come in here. Um, that you see like, you know, press up against the wall to sort of like take your suggestion a little too literally. And something clicks in your brain that you you noticed actually first when you went to leave the the main room and come into this chamber here but you it just like it didn't click until now seeing it a second time Blake's glitch doesn't seem to spread to the wall in the way that it normally would when she touches something it usually passes a little bit of the glitch on to whatever she's making contact with and it didn't make, do that with your hand earlier either normally anytime you grab Blake's hand you get a little bit of that glitch effect passed over but twice now it hasn't happened Let's cut back to our other friends. <laughs> ah! <laughs> you were making your way into the southwest corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you uh, you pass through that door without incident. Uh, I'm not going to make you roll to walk through a door. And you uh, enter into a room. I think most of the rooms that you guys have, have been in so far have had some sort of windows that look out to the outside. But uh, this one has substantially more. Uh, the two of the walls uh, on the sort of south and west corner facing out are, uh, are mostly window in this room. Um, and inside you can see there is, uh, just untamed foliage in here. Like there were rows of planters set up along, along the walls facing the windows kind of thing, but they, they have been abandoned long enough and, and long since. So it's sort of a mixture of like a lot of dead plants and then a lot of really alive plants that have taken over the whole space and grown out from where they are. So, um, a lot of this room is, is fully overgrown in, in foliage. It is also like the other ones thus far, very, very dark in here. Um, so you're, you're kind of piecing together what you can, but that's the, the things you see are, you know, traces of moonlight peeking in through leaves and vines. Well, it doesn't look like they're in here. Uh, no, it doesn't look like it. Angus is looking for like a trap door or like to see if the entrance to the basement in a, is in this room. Yeah. You're, you're just sort of investigating around. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get a roll hey, for but, that. Uh, are we sure about trying to look for the basement though like i mean we're in a big haunted mansion i feel like going to the basement would be like kind of scary it's further away from the acid rain yeah but we're we're not we're looking to get out of here though we're looking for our friends yeah but well i don't know if they'd be in the basement i can't believe i'm about to say this but chester has a very salient point (laughs) Damn it. Okay, fine. I won't look in the haunted basement. What's the point of being in the waking pits if you can't go to the haunted basement? <sighs> well, you know me. I always have a good head in my shoulders. Uh, yep. You certainly have a solid head on your shoulders. <laughs> All the time. Of course. All the time. Of course. 
So are you oh. is uh, is Angus still gonna take a look around, or have you have you thought better of this? I think he's thought better of this. Instead, he's gonna uh, pull out his phone and do another stream. Okay. <laughs> and this time. He- He's he's gonna like run up right next to Elliot and he's gonna hold the phone uh, uh like very close to both of their faces. Elliot, Elliot, I don't know, I don't know if we're gonna make it out. Look, look at the, look at all this, and he does like a quick pan of the foliage. It's like I don't even know, I don't even know where we are. If if we don't make it out of this, is there is there anything you want to say? Anything you want to say to Devani? Now's your chance. It's now or never, Elliot. Elliot, it's now or never, Elliot. Oh, Devani, girl, you know that I love you. You know that that. Uh, if, uh, if I don't make it back, you can find my demo tape underneath my bed in my bedroom. Please send it to the major record labels. <laughs> oh no, they're coming! They're coming! And he cuts off the stream. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you love Devani? Um, yeah. I don't know if that had been stated yet. Did, did, is that common knowledge amongst the crew or no? Uh, I don't know if she's like made a big deal out of it. Uh, I don't think it's the first time she said it to Devani, because okay. that would be that a... would be wild if she said it for the first time on Angus's bullshit stream. Yeah, that would be wild. <laughs> uh, but maybe it's the first time. I don't think Elliot really talks about her relationship with Weird Gravity. I think she's pretty private about it. That makes sense. Yeah, you said Elliot doesn't make a big deal about it, and I was like, yeah, Elliot doesn't make a big deal. Period. <laughs> like, <that's> like <laughs> I don't know that Elliot has ever made a big deal of anything. Uh, Robin, yeah. I- have I noticed any uh, connection between all the different rooms? Is there something that kind of like we've been to, I guess, three rooms now? Mm-hmm. You know, have I noticed anything across this general place? Because otherwise, these rooms are kind of like, yeah, they're different. But is there any connection between them? I think you you have seen a fair bit. Like we talked about the uh, map earlier, having some like foreign uh, characters on it. Like the, there was writing on it, but it's not in a language you understand because you're not from the Waking Pits. I think you do see more of that intermittently in this room. Maybe some of the uh, the plant beds are um, labeled there, and and you see that they're in those same characters. So you're starting to sort of get a sense, like not not to the point where you've like you've cracked the code and you can speak fluent waking pits, but like you've seen enough of it now to sort of get a sense of what it looks like. But uh, but no, nothing, no strong indicator as to like oh, it's you know it's all leading us this way or or this is the the big red flag. You can definitely, like, feel free to, any of you can roll to investigate this room a little further. Uh, you almost did that, but then you didn't. <laughs> well, maybe we could try to, like, investigate something more with to do with those runes or whatever. Yeah, I mean, even just, like, a general, like, what can we find in this room is, is totally fine if that's that's a thing you want to do. Yeah, I'll, uh, let me see what I can find. Uh, you adding anything? Is anyone else throwing you dice? What's happening here? Uh, I don't really have anything that can add to it because, you know, a grit does not have much in that uh, regard. Um, why don't I throw you a die from my guts in that if there's something you're looking at and you want to look at in more detail, Angus will just go over and pick it up. Yeah, uh, sure. Or like dig in there and be like, huh, what is this? Where you might be like, I'm not so sure. Angus will just just do it. Uh, okay. I rolled a two. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> that's, a, that's a total failure. Um, so you're looking to see if you can glean anything about this room, uh, take anything in. I think the way that this manifests, this failure, is that it's not that like you, you look around and just don't, don't darn find anything. It's that you don't even have a chance to look around because as soon as you begin to, you start to hear rustling from within the foliage and the leaves. Uh, out from the foliage crawl 
it's you're not sure at first like they look like vines they it looks like the foliage is just moving but then it sort of separates and you realize that like no that's some kind of a creature it looks like it's moving around on eight legs but the legs are like big long leafy tendrils um and the middle part seems somewhat overgrown there are three of them in total moving out of the foliage uh these are spider plants (laughs) 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 literal spider plants Oh, and they yes. sort of make that that rattling hiss that uh, that spiders make in scary movies, and they seem uh, very threatening. Well, I suppose uh, upon seeing these things come out, I, I you know I, I notice that you know I do have these big old gauntlets on, and I just like ah just start trying to punch with them rapid fire, just yeah, absolutely. So you're gonna you're gonna take a swing at them. What's everyone else doing? I'll shoot one. Uh, can I pull some weed killer out of my backpack? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll find out if you can. So, uh, Angus, you're lining up the uh, the Nega Ray, and Elliot, you're trying to pull out some weed killer? Yeah. Let's get rolls for uh, for all three of these. I got a five on my brawling. I got a five on my weed killer. <laughs> I got a two. Oh, no. So yeah, Elliot, I think you're able to uh, procure the weed killer. However, in doing that, like where the other two went straight for the shot, I think in pulling this out, the one of the spiders leaps towards you. So you've got your weed killer, but you do have uh, a spider coming at you, and it goes to take a chomp out of your left shoulder. Um, and you feel it, uh, the, the mandibles sort of dig in, uh, and it's a sharp pain in your shoulder, and then it sort of drops down and, and skitters back a little bit. You know what? Let's nope it. Nope. All right. <laughs> I think I think I get the weed killer up in time and kind of use like mace, like spray it in the where the eyes would be. Yeah, totally. You're you're able to just get it up in time and and sort of uh, redirect and, and dodge out of the way because this is a nope and not like yeah a successful like your, your success was pulling the weed killer. So this this spider isn't dead, but it's you've pissed it off uh, and also managed to avoid being bitten by it. Meanwhile, Angus, you just had an outright failure. Roll the two, yeah. Yeah. Similarly, there's three spiders, there's three of you. One of these things sets its sights on you, um, and you go to sh- fire your uh, Nega Ray, but it's, you, you shoot wide, and this thing pounces at you. This one's going to get you, I think on the forearm, we'll go with the right forearm, maybe it like pounced at the gun itself, uh, the bright light attracted its attention. Uh, so your right forearm takes a bite from one of these things. Again, the mandibles sink in, sharp pain, and then it, it drops back. Nope. Nope's all around. Um then I think, yeah, maybe it's the kind of thing where you you still miss with the Nega Ray, but you're able to sort of use the gun itself to just sort of swat this thing aside before it gets a piece of you. Yeah, like the mandibles close around the gun, and I, like, bop it on the head to get it to back off. And Chester, mm-hmm. you roll the success on your, uh, mixed success on yours. Mm-hmm. So you go in with the gauntlets, and you're just looking to, to squoosh yourself a spider, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think you're able to do that, uh, absolutely. You, you could sort of, like... As you described, uh, maybe bring one final hammer fist down and just just smoosh this thing like the bug that it is. Yeah. And I think as you squoosh it, some of the gut blood spatter gets up on you um, from this, and, and just sort of like you get a little bit on uh, on the sort of side of your torso there. You get like hit with some of this uh, fluorescent green goo that comes out of this uh, the, the the chlorophyllic blood from inside this mutant spider plant. 
but it's got, uh, much like the, the rain outside, has something of an acidic quality to it. A lot of acid in the waking pits we're finding. <laughs> and I think it sort of sizzles up. Would you still be wearing your, your Halloween costume in here? Like, you still got the Daryl Hall uh, look going on? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> although there's not much to it, I suppose, with this. Uh, yeah. It's just a t-shirt and a jean, so... <laughs> So I think it just like, yeah. And incredible hair, incredible hair. It hits you and it sizzles away a little bit of the shirt uh, and a little bit of, it gets you underneath a little bit um, for, for a uh, acidic slam. Um, however, this is your, your complication here. As it burns away, it doesn't look, you know, red and inflamed like you would expect it to. For just a second, it looks like blackened and goopy, um, but then just as quickly that goes away. And not only do you see this happen, but Angus and Elliot, you also bear witness to this. Well, ah, and, and I, I start backing away and I see that thing on me and just like, oh, it's got some sort of like poison or something. Holy crap. Are you okay? Um, uh, I, I think so. I don't know. Am I okay? Uh, yeah, you seem to be. Like, it was as as quickly as you saw it, it sort of disappeared. But it was it was definitely weird. Ugh. <laughs> Angus and Elliot, uh, you're, you're both sort of squaring off. Uh, and I guess, Chester, you have the ability to join the fight here. But um, I, I'm curious. Yeah, Elliot, you've got your weed killer out. Uh, what's the next move? Uh, yeah, I think I just... Uh, in my brain, it's a spray. Does that make sense? Sure. <laughs> Is that how so. weed killer works? Yeah, uh, you can have those, yeah. Yep. I think I'm just gonna, like, spray a huge cloud of it, trying to shrivel these things up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're trying to get, like, the both of them? Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would say if, you, if you're uh, able to throw a kick on that, you can do it from your device because you pulled this from your device, um, but I think that would be the way to, like, if you want to target one of them, Roll to attack. If you want to target both, maybe spend a kick to increase sure. the area of effect. I'll spend a kick. Cool. Cool. And then, uh, yeah, I'm I'm cool with just rolling both my dice. Ah! <laughs> that was a three. No! Oh no! <laughs> yeah, failure and a complication. Uh, I think you go to level this thing again, and uh, both spider plants take this as an immediate threat. Like they are. Somehow, intuition-wise, they are aware that you're, like, this is bad news for them. Uh, and so you, where you were kind of facing off with one and Angus had one, both of them have sort of uh, rushed you and just, like, you aren't quite able to get the thing to spray off. Maybe you even do start to spray it, but, like, they rush you too quickly and knock you down. I mean, it's an oldie, but I'm going with the same thing. You're going to take a slam from this. One of them goes to bite you. Uh, okay. <laughs> How much trouble do you want to take? <laughs> None, none trouble. I help. Oh, thank you. Oh, you're noping the <laughs> noping Elliot's problem. Nope, not noping. Hmm. I'm gonna use my causality hoop. Oh, amazing. Ooh. Mark one boost. So I have marked one boost on my skip mode runners. Mm -hmm. You can roll to skip back in time a few seconds to retry an action, or warn someone of a slam they avoid for free. So I'm gonna roll to try and warn Elliot of the slam, and she will avoid for free. And I rolled a four. All right. Time rewinds from your perspective, Angus. Uh, you're able to, like, you, you see these spiders jump and, and bite down, but you're able to just pull time back and, and you shout out a warning to Elliot just in the nick of time. I want to say it's almost like a weird feeling, Elliot, where, like, uh, uh, like in a movie when someone goes into, like, a, a, a fantasy sequence, but you don't know it's a fantasy sequence, and then they snap back into reality. It's kind of like that feeling. Okay. 
but it hasn't happened, and they're turning towards you, and you hear, Back up! Duh! Uh, okay. And you manage to back up out of the way before they would have knocked you down, and uh, Angus has somehow caught that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Angus, you're able to to warn Elliot in time. I think maybe, yeah, it's a very much a feeling of deja vu. Like, wait, has this happened already? But from your perspective, Elliot, it hasn't. From Angus's, it absolutely has. Uh, Elliot takes a step backwards, and uh, still doesn't manage to take these these spiders out with a weed killer, but is is able to avoid that slam for free. However, you roll the complication there. You roll a mixed success. That was a four. Um, so I think your complication yeah. here is now these spiders are are attracted to the noise and are coming after you. Yeah. Man, they're gonna bite one of you eventually. <laughs> you can see why none of us wanted to roll to investigate. Robin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they come leaping at you. Your complication here is uh, is that you like Elliot. You're gonna take the bite for Elliot unless you want to spend the trouble to know it. All right, give me the damn bite. Mandibles sink into <laughs> flesh. Right arm lights up with pain. <laughs> oh, it's it's brutal. Yeah, you got bit by a spider plant. <laughs> That sort of skitters back <laughs> away from you, um, and there's still two of these things in here. Chester, you're, uh, you, you vanquished one. Uh, are you going to make a move on either of these other two? Uh, maybe we just need to get out of here. Um, I'm sorry, Chester. I'm sorry. Are you saying that we shouldn't go down fighting? No, we just got to get out of here. What are you th- thinking? Uh, I'm thinking that every single situation that I've seen you in, your first instinct is to punch something. And you're not punching something? And that's weird. Well, fine. Fine, I'll punch it. And I turn around and I punch uh, the next spider. All right. I'm going to add my boost or like that kick, the kick I should say. Yeah. Uh, Try yeah. and take them both out with one blow kind of thing. Yeah, and I'm also going to add a, a dice from the grit as well. Kick a Oh, ho, 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 ho. Well, that is a two and a three. Oh, no! <laughs> but that said, I do have on lock. Uh, you've spent hours and hours practicing brawling. Uh, you can spend one trouble to upgrade a one three result to a four five result. So a mixed success. Whew. So mark your trouble. And I, I think, yeah, you are able to take up the remaining two of these. Elliot sort of goads you of like, wait, you don't want to fight Chester? You always want to fight. And you're like, fine. And you just unleash on these things and, and uh, pummel them both to bits. And I think it's it's a very similar complication to last time, but with two of them here, the problem becomes a little bit worse. Um, once again, you're, you're uh, try as you might to avoid it. You get another splash of this acid blood. And this time there's no mistaking it. There's, there's like a chunk of your arm corrodes away into that same sort of black goopiness and then just as quickly sort of reforms as though nothing happened. Um, and Angus and, and Elliot, you, you witness this happen. Uh, and you, you can tell that something is seriously wrong here. Like, that's not weird spider blood. That's something is, something is wrong here. Chester, what the fuck is going on? Let's cut back to Nick and Link in that uh, Western room. When we last left you, Nick had just had a realization. Nick, have you acted on this at all? Yeah, I think uh, Nick has noticed and like 
much like most of the time, he has his goggles up on his head. And I think over the course of this costume Halloween night, he's also had his uh, Neo shades sort of up there, only popping them down for like when they were on the conveyor belt and like big, big moments. But they've been sort of sitting up on top of his hair. And uh, he remarks, wow, like you, you really got this ceiling brighter than that other chandelier. And, And I think with his right hand, he's pulling the sunglasses down over his eyes. And he sort of moves his right hand to the back of his head and like a, as a casual scratch the back of the head motion. Uh, all the meanwhile, his left hand is slowly moving up his thigh onto the hilt of his negatana, <laughs> and he does the move with the thumb where he just kind of pops it out of its sheath. <laughs> it's really bright. Uh, it almost covered up the fact that your glitch light isn't working the way it normally does. What are you talking about, Nick? I. I just trying to trying to light up the room so we can see. Please, please come over here. Join me on the wall and like reaches her hand out uh, to him. Like, please, Nick, I I trust your judgment. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the moment where Nick <laughs> pops back from this uh, uh, pseudo casual stance, very anime like, just flashes into the next motion. He's flipped back the trench coat of his neo costume. He's down in the lunge. And he says, Negatana 7th form, quantum quick draw. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>